Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 47 of the Hoopers Log. It is a Monday, January 11, 2016 here on a weekend recap edition of the Hoopers Log. And uh, as you can imagine, me as a uh, diehard Vikings fan, it was uh, it was quite the weekend. Um, we're going to get into that in a little bit here. Um, obviously, a lot happened in the world of basketball over the weekend. You're here for your basketball. But we are going to recap some football for you real quick before we get into that. Andrew Norris is my guy. What's up, man? He's on the line. How you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm doing good, especially since you got a little taste of what it's like to be a, a Lions fan for the, what's that, the third crazy intense loss in the Vikings postseason franchise history. Um, so, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Other, other team fans getting that uh, that knot in their stomach for a week is always nice to, nice to see selfishly, but uh, even though I was rooting for the Vikings in that one. Well, and here's the thing. Your team's been so bad the last, like, 50 years that you haven't really had any opportunities in the playoffs to really have what we have. But let's be honest, the Vikings are the Lions of the postseason. I mean, they are. They, they, when you get into the postseason as a Vikings fan, it doesn't matter what's going to happen. Something bad is bound to happen. And yesterday, uh, this weekend, actually, all the road teams won in the NFL. Uh, Kansas City destroyed uh, Kansas City just absolutely annihilated Houston, thirty to nothing. Uh, it, it wasn't it wasn't close, especially when Nile Davis got the hundred six yard kickoff return to begin the ball game. That didn't help. Obviously, Cincinnati had their mental issues down the road, literally mentally just stupid decisions down late in the ball game to end the ball game. And Pittsburgh found a way to get the victory, eighteen to sixteen in Cincinnati. Uh, they got the victory, and they're going to move on. Kansas City's moving on to play the Patriots. Where I, I, after that game against Houston. I wouldn't be shocked if Kansas City found a way to eke one out against uh, against uh, New England the way New England's been playing. Now, if you give two weeks to Coach Bill Belichick, you're, you're asking for a slobber knocker and you're asking for the Patriots to just annihilate you. So who knows? But you never know. With the way Kansas City's been playing, they've won 11 straight games. They have a chance to potentially knock off the defending Super Bowl champions. And then Pittsburgh, obviously, I mean, they, they, they came out and struggled. Ben ben, Big Ben getting hurt. Uh, Cincinnati coughing it up. Those two teams clearly looked like teams that struggled down the stretch near the end of the ball, near the end of the season. And uh, Pittsburgh just found a way to get the victory there. They're going to go play the Broncos next week in Denver. And then obviously uh, the game that I was at a bar with a bunch of Seahawks fans, this is what it went like for me. Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. Snap good, spot down. Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good. 
good. He missed it. Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that. He missed it left. And the Seattle Seahawks are off to Charlotte. Blair Walsh missed a 27-yard field goal, and the Minnesota Vikings are going to lose 10-9. Now, sometimes you just rather be lucky than good. And for, the, and for the Seattle Seahawks, they were lucky today. Uh, I don't know if they were lucky, but this game played out, and, and I'm not going to sound like as hindsight's 2020. This game, outside of it being ridiculously close on the scoreboard, this game played out exactly how I thought it was going to play out from the standpoint of how it ended. The Vikings were going to dominate or at least play well the first three quarters, and then they were going to implode in the fourth. And literally, the, the Seahawks came back, got one lucky play from Russell Wilson's. Uh, it was lucky, but they still capitalized on it. Um, they got one lucky play, got a touchdown, and then they kicked that field goal to really ice it with about six minutes to go. The Vikings uh, crumbled their offense. Uh, Adrian Peterson had a fumble, and then they got the ball back. They, Kyle Rudolph made an outstanding play on Cam Chancellor to get that first down to get, with, get us within easily field goal range for at least Blair Walsh in a, an attempt, and then Blair Walsh choked. Just flat-out choked. I mean, the, the Seahawks did not win this game. We gave it to them. Now, you can make the case that the fourth quarter was all Seahawks because it was, but from the standpoint of the entire third three quarter, first three quarters of the ballgame, the Vikings had this one in the bag. And, yes, we gave Seahawks the Seahawks a chance in the fourth quarter. We, we, we fumbled the ball. Uh, they had opportunities to come down and score more than, more than enough. But, ultimately, we gave it away. Blair Walsh, 27-yard field goal. You're making millions of dollars to make that kick like it's nothing, and you miss it. I, don't, I really don't care how bad the snap was, how bad that this was. How, you got to make that kick. It's that close of a kick. And, yes, the, the wrong hash line, the wrong this, it's cold, but it doesn't matter. Come on, dude. You, you've been practicing this your whole life. This should be a chip shot, and for you to be a professional and miss this, it's a flat-out choke job. And as a Vikings fan, I'll sit there and own it, but I'm also not going to sit there and bash the guy and say that he should be kicked off the team and fired and whatnot. Look, people, if it wasn't for Blair Walsh yesterday, he kicked two 40-plus-yard field goals in the negative-degree weather, and he kept us in the ball game. If it wasn't for Blair Walsh, if we had Ryan Suckup or if we had some random kicker out there that I don't want to mention – I don't know if we were even in this game because our offense was very stagnant. We had 180-plus yards of offense in this game. Adrian Peterson had 20 carries, only 36 yards, 40 yards in this game, something like that. And the Vikings could not get themselves into the end zone or even near the end zone. There were times where they got near the red zone and the Seahawks just shut us down. And if Blair Walsh wasn't our kicker in this game, I mean, yeah, if we had a better kicker, you could make the case we would have actually won. But at the same time, who's to say that the Seahawks' offense wouldn't have been better? So in that circumstance, Blair Walsh really was our MVP, and he was the Seahawks' MVP at the same time. So you can make the case that Blair Walsh really dictated the outcome of this game in multiple fashions for the Minnesota Vikings. And so for me, for people to sit out there and say, oh, Blair Walsh needs to go, and rah, just chill out. The guy can kick great kicks from 50. He struggles from close. But, hey, that's something you can fix over the offseason. And, and, and I'll, say, I'll say this, though. If he comes into the offseason and goes into the preseason next year and he can't kick from an extra point attempt and he misses extra points, that's when I'll be like, okay, this guy needs to go. Clearly there's something in his brain where he can't kick it up close. Um, but if he improves, and kind of like Mason Crosby, there was a point in time where Mason Crosby for the, for the Green Bay Packers struggled hard. He struggled bad. And, but there was a point in time where he was the best kicker in the NFL. No debate. He could kick it from 56, 60, and people would, would have all the confidence in the world. Then he had a period of time for about two or three years where he couldn't make it from 40-plus. He just couldn't. 
And then all of a sudden, the last couple of seasons, he's finally turned it around, and now he's back to being one of the more reliable kickers in the NFL. And that's kind of what I see Blair Walsh being in right now. But only time will tell. And after this kick, who knows, maybe he might go into a dry spell for some time. But I, I still see him. And he had the most kicks in the NFL last year. I mean, this is a lot like Gary Anderson from 1998 when the Minnesota Vikings missed it in 98. It reminds me a lot of that. It really does. A lot less drastic, but still pretty similar to the outcome. But the Seahawks ultimately get the victory. And clearly, going into this game, my expectations weren't that high. And for the Vikings to lose, it doesn't shock me. Now, the way they lost, yes, it, it was a shocker. It was a choke job. I'll never deny that. But when it comes to our expectations going into this game and going into this season, I'm very happy with what happened. Yeah, we, we had a chance to go into the next round. But to be honest, do you think we would have had a chance against Arizona after playing like this? I, to be honest, all of these teams coming into this weekend outside of maybe Kansas City played like garbage. Houston played like garbage. Green Bay played terrible. Yeah, they got hot in the second half, but they looked bad early on, just like they have all year long. Um, and then you talk about the Washington Redskins. They looked like a whole different team. They did not look good. Um, and you talk about a team in, uh, in Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Both those teams looked terrible. So a lot of these teams coming into this weekend, just they played a lot like what they played like during the regular season, and that was sloppy football. And it, didn't, it wasn't much different in that Seahawks-Vikings game. I mentioned the Green Bay uh, Washington game as Green Bay wins 35 to 18. They move on to play Arizona. So your second round looks like Pittsburgh, uh, Denver, Kansas City, New England, uh, Seattle, Carolina, and Green Bay, Arizona. What was your take from this weekend, Andrew? Uh, well, first before before I do that, I want to throw out a question to the callers. Um, playoffs, regular season aside, just. And it's a little bit of Christian Christian the rivalry. I think that's coming out here, but I think it's a good topic. Um, and again, the number is three two three six four two fifteen fifty eight. What is a worse way to lose? The way the Lions lost to the Green Bay Packers this year with a bogus face ma- face mask call, and then the longest. Can the receivers get far enough down the yeah. field? Rodgers in trouble. It's going to get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in him? In the end zone, it is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers. Yeah, we get the point. But anyway, I just, yeah. yeah. 27 yards. Um, But (laughs) uh, worst way to lose. The bogus face mask call leading to the longest Hail Mary in NFL history and throw out playoffs for regular season or a, a missed 27-yard field goal, because what you run into is one of them, you know, is completely under your control. Uh, the, the field goal is is a 99% chance it's going in, or 95 maybe. Uh, but, you like, I, the game was over. I'm watching it, and I'm like, wow, the Vikings really beat the Seahawks. They really did it. And then he shanked it. Um, but, you know, the, the Green Bay Lions play, the, the refs were part of it because the game should have been over. And then on top of that, it's one of the most unbelievable plays ever where you're almost just like, well, you, you know what, whatever. It, it, that's crap, but whatever. So, again, 323-642-1558, which one do you think is worse? Chris, Chris, what do you think is worse? And then I'll go into what I thought about the NFL. Oh, I'll be 100% honest. I think, the, I, think the, I think the Hail Mary was worse. I really do. Um, if you take away the storyline and the situation and the circumstance and 
just the Lions fact that they, they've had this happen to them so many times throughout their franchise, and you take away the fact that the Vikings have choked like this in the past. If you just put it down to circumstantial, the, the, Green, Bay, the Green Bay circumstance was way worse because, first of all, that game should have been over uh, a, couple, a play before, and the refs blew the call. This was, this was self-inflicted by the Vikings. This was not inflicted by the refs. The refs had no part in the in, in outcome of this game. They did not. And, and Seahawks fans can make the case that there were a couple of pass interference calls late that may have been a little iffy and a couple of penalties that went the Vikings' way that were a little iffy. But on the whole, the game was not decided completely by a horrible penalty. And that's what that was in the, in the, in the uh, Hail Mary game. And, and, and from that perspective, way more angry if the Vikings lost the way the, the, the Lions did in the playoffs. I would be furious. I'd be going off on the radio right now. But this was self-inflicted. We choked. It was, there's a difference between losing because the refs forced your hand. And, yes, it was fluky that they got the Hail Mary. But still, the game should have been over. Like, they should not have been that extra play. The game should have been just over. And the Vikings just flat-out choked. There's a difference. Like, the Vikings flat-out choked. The Lions, they got a screw job. I mean, they were trying to look to see, hey, can this be reviewed? What's going on? Was it real? And then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers hikes the ball, and he gets an opportunity, and he throws it down the field, and you lose the ball game. And to be honest, that might have dictated how the Lions played the final couple of months, like final month of the season, if you really put it into the circumstance, because they finished the season 7-4. and four. They could have finished 8-3. And they could have been eight and eight. Who knows? They could have finished nine and one, ten and or nine and two, ten and one, and they could have been fighting for a playoff spot near the end. So who's to say that that play didn't dictate the rest of the Lions' season when they had an absolute chance to get into the postseason? I mean, so that that play I feel like is way more gut wrenching than the way the Vikings lost. And it's not because the Vikings had a had it had it in the bag. So did the Lions. Lions had it in the bag too. But that game was more circumstantial based upon the refs' decision than it was because of a choked kick. Look, that was self-inflicted. At the end of the day, I'd rather lose the way the Vikings lost than the, lose the way the Lions lost. Because the way the Lions lost, I'm, I, I don't know if – I, I don't know if – I think I might have locked myself in my room for about a day if, uh, if that would have been the case. Because that would have been absolutely horrendous. And I think the people at the bar would have felt worse for me. That they, already, they already felt bad for me when I was sitting there with my head down after Blair Wall shanked it. But they would have felt ten times worse for me if that's the way the game would have ended. And they would have been like, oh – that's not right. They would have said that's a joke. Because the people here in Seattle, as crazy as they are about the team, they're also rational, and, and many of them are, and they, and, they, and they would say, you know, your team choked, but then they'd feel bad because they're like, that sucks. Because if it, if it happened to them, it would happen to them too. They would say it sucks. So I, I would say the Lions it lost. It happened to them ten times worse last year. <laughs> so they, they get it. They get it. What's that? It happened to them ten times worse last year in the Super Bowl, so I hope they understand. Right. Oh, exactly. No, and it's not – yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah, you yeah, you would think that karma would help them out in some fashion, and this might have been the game <laughs> that helped them out. In the coldest game in Vikings history, it became more colder with the fact – or even more cold with the fact that Blair Walsh choked at the very end in a very just it was it was brutal it was a brutal circumstance there in Minnesota Andrew you ready to talk some basketball uh before we get before we uh you know talk some more about the NCAA championship coming up tonight let's do it let's get it going all right all right all right you're gonna learn today Quick news before we start in the uh, recapping of the weekend. Lionel Hollins from the Nets has been fired from the Brooklyn Nets. It happened over the weekend. One thing that I want to say before I let Andrew speak on this, we already know that the Brooklyn Nets 
organization is turned into a fiasco of the Russian mafia guy who runs that team. It's, it's a joke. It's a flat-out joke how that team is being run. And Lionel Hollins is one of the better coaches in all of the NBA. And he led that team last year to a potential playoff spot and, and actually kind of rattled the cage of the Atlanta Hawks a little bit in the first round. This guy is one of the better coaches in the NBA. For him to be fired is an absolute flat-out joke. Maybe they just need to completely blow up that organization. I don't know, Andrew. What's your take on Lionel Hollins getting let go? I just – I don't get it. Um, you know, you're in the middle of a bad season and you have a coach who's brought a team to a Western Conference Finals who maybe if he's not the coach when the future does start to happen, maybe he's the coach, you know, until that starts to happen and he can teach these young guys and he can lead them. Um, so that for that reason alone, I wouldn't get rid of him. That's not even saying that he could be the coach to lead a team to a championship. He's a damn good coach. I thought it was stupid when the Grizzlies fired him, I, I, even though they got a great replacement. But I think it's even worse that the, the Nets have now fired him. Um, this, team's re- right. this team's the third worst record in basketball, and they probably still shouldn't have that good of a record. Um, it, yeah. it, it's Markel Pokorov, when he, when he bought the team, he said five years will have a championship. Five years. I think it's been something like eight or nine now. Um and it's just there's no there's no future. Uh, nobody's going to want to coach there. Nobody's going to want to be the GM there. So you're going to get stuck with something way worse than Lionel Hollins. Imagine a, a legit GM candidate or a legit coach candidate who's going to have multiple offers on the table, taking a job where you don't have a first-round pick for, like, three years. Um, the, the, the players you do have are on crazy max contracts, and they're old or getting old, yeah. like Brooke Lopez. It's just there's no future there. Nobody wants the job, and nobody's going to take take the job. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things in Bro- it's one of those things in Brooklyn, and too, they have a potential to get Ben Simmons. Which it, I, okay, if you want to talk about a way to kill your brand as a as a as a uh, as a league, do not. And, and this is where the league needs to step in and say, do not Wait, Chris, let, Chris, let Chris, Ben Simmons go to Brooklyn. The Celtics have their pick. Okay. 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 That that makes me feel better because if Ben Simmons went to the Celtics here on CLNS Radio, you already know that this team would would. We were talking about it last night on the post game show. I did a post game show for the Celtics as they lost to Memphis. Speaking of Memphis and Lionel Holland, uh, they lost to Memphis last night, one hundred one to ninety eight. And we were talking about it, and we we're talking about how what if Demarcus Cousins actually did come to, to come to Boston as a rental player or whatever uh, this season, and then they got Ben Simmons with the with the struggling Nets. Can you imagine? Ben Simmons and and Boogie Cousins with the rest of that squad and I'm telling you that's a that's a Eastern Conference contender right there. Like I mean, could they win the title? No. Could they beat the Cavs right now? No. But could they contend and get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Absolutely with that team. Now right now, no, absolutely not. But if they had Ben Simmons, yeah, maybe not his first year, but a couple years in, and they had Demarcus Cousins a couple more years down the road in the middle of his prime. That's a scary team to deal with in a couple of years. So, but right now, no, I, I, agree, I agree with you. I, that's that's good to hear that the Boston Celtics have Brooklyn's uh, uh, have their pick. Okay, twenty six games in the NBA last night or over the weekend. My apologies. In the NBA over the weekend, uh, we had the Raptors and Wizards on Friday. We'll, we'll go through the Friday games real quick. We'll just fly through them and then we'll get to the NCAA recap. Okay. So we had a ton of white boy performances over the weekend. Uh, Raptors beat the Wizards 97-88. None there in the white boy performances. Magic beat the Nets, bouncing back, getting the 20th victory of the season, 
to 77. The Grizzlies beat the Nuggets 91-84. It looked like the Grizzlies are starting to get back to their shape of their form the way we thought they would start to play this year. It's starting to look more and more real as time goes forward. The Cavaliers destroyed the Timberwolves. Uh, J.R. Smith had 27 points. Now Andrew Wiggins had 35 points as well. The Pacers beat the Pelicans uh, 91-86. Looks like the Pelicans are now – they're kind of at this point, and I know they still have a lot of time left, but honestly they're at a point where they can start deciding whether or not to kind of – not tank, but think about it. If they, if they got in the Ben Simmons lottery, can you imagine – Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons on the same team. Oh, good Lord. Uh, I don't think it'll happen, but the chance is there. Uh, Mavericks and Bucks. Uh, Bucks barely eke out a victory there, 96-95. Michael Carter-Williams had 15 points, 12 rebounds, 8 assists, one, uh, two assists shy of a triple-double. The Spurs barely, and I'm telling you, the Spurs just barely beat the Knicks on Friday, 199, and it was, it was a doozy because the Knicks played very well. And you talk about a team that is – playing better than I think their record is indicating. The Knicks are playing much better than I think people uh, give them credit for. Yes, they're playing better than they were last year, clearly. But this team is coming to a whole other level. And Chris Stavsporzingis is really starting to make his name noticeable in the Rookie of the Year candidacy, not just because he plays in New York, but because statistically and uh, uh, eye, eye test-wise tells me that he is changing this team's persona just night and day from a year ago, 28 points, 11 rebounds in that one against the Spurs, but the Spurs still get the victory, 22-0 and at home, 32-32-6 and on the season. The Knicks couldn't quite eke it out in that one. He beat the Suns, 103-95. to Look, it's starting to look now, and I was looking at the box scores for some of these games for the Suns as of late, and it's starting to look like now the way to beat the Suns is to let Brandon Knight get his and then just kind of shut down everybody else. Because Brandon Knight had 26 points in this one. He played outstanding. Everyone else looked very mediocre. And if that's how it is to beat the Suns, it's going to be very easy. So the loss of Eric Bledsoe is absolutely crippling this team in Phoenix, and they might find a way to get into the, uh, to the Ben Simmons sweepstakes as well. The Warriors go to 34-2. and They beat the Trailblazers 128-108. to Damian Lillard with an unbelievable performance, performance of the night on Friday, 40 points, 10 assists, three rebounds, two steals, two blocks, and a 67. And that wasn't even his best performance of the week, as we'll get to that here in a little bit. But the Warriors dominated. They won by 20. Clay Thompson was hot. 36 points, five assists, six rebounds, and 52 on the left with the performance scale. Draymond Green, another triple-double. Eight, 11 points. 13 rebounds, 10 assists, a 44, but a triple-double always gets you in the white board the performance scale. Oh, and then the Thunder destroy the Lakers. Russell Westbrook getting another Russell Westbrook-type performance. 36 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, a 62. You know, no big deal for Russell Westbrook as he dominated against Lou Williams, who had 44 points, 2 rebounds, 2 steals. He also, on, against the, on the Lakers, Lou Williams really shined in this one off the bench. 44 points, an outstanding game for him. The Thunder, again, going to 26-11, and 11, and the Lakers dropping to 8-30, and 30, again, hanging right in there in the Ben Simmons sweepstakes. And, and the Western Conference like this looks, uh, it looks like an A teams, B teams, and C teams. The A teams are Golden State and San Antonio. The B teams are Oklahoma City and the Clippers. And the C teams are Dallas and Memphis. Everyone else does not have a chance. Because outside of that, it, it, that's how it looks like it's shaping up in the Western Conference. Uh, if you go and look at the standings as of today, that's pretty much how they are shaping up. If you'd like to call in and talk about the NBA, the phone number, the FanDuel phone line is 323-642-1558. Here on the Hoopers Log, if you're listening live, you're enjoying an awesome show today. And also, uh, if you're listening to the Apple Podcast, you're hearing us here. Our halftime show of the season will be on Friday. It's going to be a very, very long 
outdated, out, out prolonged show. It's going to be insane. And also it's going to be at 1 p.m. Eastern on Friday. I just want to get that out there before we continue with this recap. And so uh, Friday was in the books, an outstanding night of basketball. Um, and then also on Saturday, there were quite a bit of games. The Clippers got the victory there. One, uh, 97 to 83. Again, the Clippers have been playing outstanding basketball as of late. They have found ways to win in a very quiet manner. And Chris Paul, 25.7 assists. He's playing his brand of basketball. The Hawks destroyed the Bulls again, 120 to 105. Al Horford, big time performance, 33 points, 10 rebounds, six assists, and four blocks. A 64 on the whiteboard, the performance scale. He went off in this one as he dominated and helped the Hawks get their 23rd victory of the year. Talk about a team that does not need Damari Carroll and a team that is looking like they are more and more legit without him. Yes, they look like more of a regular season team, but I'm telling you, Mike Budenholzer really is implementing his San Antonio Spurs mentality into this team. They look a lot like the Eastern Conference San Antonio Spurs. Are they the most talented? No. Are they the best team? No. Are they going to win in the playoffs all the time? No. They, they still need one go-to guy that can dominate and score for them in the postseason. But they got all the other pieces. They do. They got everything else to compete at a high level in the East and against the Western teams. They can do it. But can they win in the playoffs against the finals? No, they can't. They don't have that go-to guy. And I'm telling you, if they keep playing this way for the next couple of years, three, four years, when LeBron starts to kind of fade off into the sunset, you're going to see a team that could potentially win multiple Eastern Conference championships with the way that they play and if they play this brand of basketball. Now, everyone has to stay. Everyone has to work out. But still, 23 wins at this point in time of the year after losing to Mari Carroll, it goes to show you that the system is working there in Atlanta. Wizards get the victory over the Magic. John Wall, again, 24 points, 10 assists, 5 rebounds, 4 steals, a 53 on the left board. The performance scale, the Wizards get the victory 16-19 and 19 now as they're hovering around 500 again. The Magic did drop to 20-18. and 18. Again, they're kind of showing – their true colors as they lose on a back-to-back game. Pistons beat the Nets as they should. Andre Drummond, 23 points, 11 rebounds. Not quite a wipe away the performance, but still an outstanding game by him. Brooke Lopez showed up as well, but the Pistons got the victory down. 21-16, and 16, hanging in there in the Eastern Conference. And the Raptors on a back-to-back destroy. The 76ers, 108-95. to uh, They got the victory there. Kyle Lowry, outstanding again. 25 points, 5 assists, 6 rebounds. Not quite wipe away, but an outstanding game by him. Jazz beat the Heat. Off night for the Heat there. As Bosch had a good game, uh, Whitehead, Whiteside had a great game, but he was eh, he was all right in that one. He had a double-double, but it was very small. Off night for the Heat. Dwayne Wade did not play well. It's kind of an odd, odd game for them. Jazz get the victory. Gordon Hayward, 34 points. Outstanding game for him. Warriors go to 35-2 and two after beating the Kings. Marcus Cousins again, 33 points, 10 rebounds, 3 steals, a 51 on the left for the performance scale. But Steph Curry had performance of the, of, of the day on Saturday, a – 66 in the whiteboard with the performance scale, 38 points, 11 assists, and six rebounds on Saturday. Unbelievable there by Steph Curry. And then we had a couple of games on Sunday. Uh, the Clippers win in overtime over the Pelicans, 114-111. to 111. Again, Chris Paul, 25 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, three steals, a 55 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. He dominated in that one and helped the Clippers again get another victory as they just keep cruising at 25-13 and 13 now heading into today's games. Uh, they're just they're playing outstanding basketball. And the Pelicans look like they're finally getting back to some sort of normal ability. Again, Drew Holiday, a white boy with the performance, 29 points, 11 rebounds, 4 assists, and 3 steals. A, a coming out party for him in the 2015-2016 season. LeBron James dominated for the Cleveland Cavaliers. They destroyed the 76ers, 95-85. LeBron, 37.7 rebounds and uh, nine assists along with two steals, 64 on the white board, the performance scale. He had an outstanding game there. Uh, also, the Mavericks beat the Timberwolves, 93-87. Andrew Wiggins didn't play that well. Dirk had 29 points in that one. Celtics, again, I mentioned this game earlier. The Grizzlies get the victory, 101-98. to 
Isaiah Thomas, though, for the Celtics, 35 points, eight assists, three rebounds, and a 54 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. Zach Randolph didn't have too bad of a game either with 25 points and 13 rebounds. Rockets beat the Pacers in overtime. Is this the time where the Rockets take the turn and turn into the team we all thought they would? They're now 19-19. and 19. Dwight Howard on a whiteboard with a performance, 21 points, 17 rebounds, three assists, two steals, a 54 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. He played outstanding in that one as the Rockets get the victory in overtime over the Pacers, who kind of are, they're kind of looking off and on like lately, but as long as they trade water and play well, I think they'll be okay in the Eastern Conference. The Knicks bounce back and beat the Bucks, 188. Carmelo Anthony had a white forward performance, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, a, 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 two assists away from a triple-double, and 55 on the white forward performance scale. Uh, Nuggets beat the Hornets, 95-92. Uh, Danilo Garnari had a good game in that one, but the big game of the night, and this was game of the night and game of the weekend, Damian Lillard went off in the fourth quarter. 31 points. He had, I think, I believe he had 13 or, or 17. Andrew can get me more to that in a second. 31 points, nine assists, seven rebounds, two steals, a 58 on the whiteboard with the performance scale. They got the victory in the fourth quarter as Damian Lillard just took this team and put him on his back. They now have 16 victories. Who would have thought the Trailblazers would have 16 victories near the halfway mark of the season? I don't think anyone saw that coming in their first 40 games of the year. This team is playing out of their mind right now in, in Portland. And Damian Lillard is seriously starting to put his name into the, in the superstar category with the way he's been playing as of late. I, I put him as my player of the week in the Western Conference by far. But Russell Westbrook also had a great performance. He had performance of the night. I mean, you can make the case Lillard had the performance of the night from the standpoint of what he did in the fourth quarter and getting the victory. But from the stats perspective, Westbrook, again, 25 points, 15 assists, nine rebounds, and three steals as they drop to the Portland Trailblazers. And the Jazz beat the Lakers again. Lakers dropped to 8-31. and Jazz beat them 86-74. Andrew, what was your take on that game by, by Damian Lillard last night? I saw you putting Lillard up on your Twitter post. How was that? Uh, he, he was cold. I mean, he, was, he had two points at halftime. And then the, the, the third quarter, he was good. And, and the most of the fourth quarter, he was good. And then the last three minutes, I mean, he got the ball and shot it from deep. And it was going in. And you knew it was going in the whole team. I mean, it was it was one of the the cooler comebacks you'll see. They they outscored the Thunder by ten in the fourth quarter, um, and I think up to eight minutes in they were being outscored in the fourth quarter, um, or up about the halfway mark of the quarter. Uh, and, and they did all this fending off not only Kevin Durant's twenty eight points, uh, but on top of that, Russell Westbrook went for twenty five, fifteen, and nine. They fended this all off and. I mean the the un the unsung hero with this one. There's two. Uh, McCollum did what he's been doing all year. He went for 22. Uh, he's in the top 10 in scoring. Who would have thought? And yes. then every time yes. they need a victory, every single time. Alan Crabb, is, and I think he's done it all season. Every time they need yeah. a big three, he went. He went three for six from deep. That's that's what he's there for. He's there to hit some big threes. Him, Lillard, McCollum. That was one of the more clutch performances you'll see, and that man, did they catch fire at the right time! It was, it was the most exciting game of the weekend. It, surely the most exciting end of the game in the entire weekend. I mean, they, uh, it's, it's still uh, the the play that sticks with me is Damian Lillard caught the ball with his right shoulder to the basket. Nobody on him, but he figured the quickest way to get the shot up before somebody was on him was just to kind of lean back on his left foot and throw it up there. He did it, and it was perfect, man. It, like, it was right down the middle of the hoop. It was, oh, it was beautiful. And, and the Blazers, you know, they, they took it away from the Thunder. And then that huge block, 
huge block by Mason Plumlee. Yeah. I don't know what Serge Ibaka was doing, but he got the ball down low. It took him about five seconds to start jumping, and it turned into a huge Mason Plumlee block that just about sealed that game up. And uh, man, the the Blazers showed why they're sixteen and twenty four, and and that's so much better than many of us predicted. It's because of that heart, and they all are hungry, and they're all better than we thought they were. Honestly. There's not a single player on the I call Damian Lillard coming into this year the most overrated player in basketball. By the end of the yeah. first week, I was like, oh, maybe he's not the most overrated player in basketball. By the end of the first month, I go, okay, maybe he's about as good as everybody said. By by now, it's, okay, why is nobody talking about Damian Lillard? This guy's uh-huh. amazing. I've <laughs> yeah. jumped on this bandwagon, and, and it's uh, and you can't call me a fair weather because they're still a crap team. Right. They're still 16 and 24. But, man, do I love this Trailblazers team now. Uh, they're fun to watch. I love C.J. McCollum. Makes the right decisions. Yeah. Uh, he, he, you, you essentially have two point guards. Uh, C.J. McCollum really can play like a point guard. He can he can handle like a point guard, pass like a point guard. He's just more of a volume shooter. Um, and, you know, the Mason Plumlee has been, uh, you know, is much improved. And when you need a big play yeah. out of him, he's there. Big rebound, he's there. Um, my favorite player on the team, Alan Crabb, sharpshooter. It, it's just they've all come together. They're playing as a team, and, and I'm telling you, this rebuild is going to go quicker than, than we originally thought. I think so, too, and I think that the way that they've been playing, again, they're only two and a half spots out of a playoff spot in the when the Western Conference, and who would have thunk that the Western Conference would take on what the Eastern Conference has done over the last 15 years? They have Utah as an eighth spot right now at 17 and 20. That's that is that is Eastern Conference stuff right there. Like if you want to talk about replica of an Eastern Conference of years past, that's what the Western Conference is doing right now. And the Portland Trailblazers have much of a say as Utah and Sacramento right now in those bottom ten positions in the, the eight to ten positions in the Western Conference. They have much of a say right now as them. And and who's to say that they can't jump over and play if Utah starts to struggle a little bit, or if the Sacramento Kings don't get Boogie Cousins playing? Okay, I know we don't like the Warriors, Andrew, but I'm looking at the at the standings right now. Sacramento is two games out of a playoff spot. Can you imagine? Now, can you imagine? I know we're, I know people are thinking about this, and, and as they're thinking and listening to the podcast here on the Hoopers Log, they're thinking about this as I'm saying it. Can you imagine if Sacramento played Golden State in the first round? How, how insane DeMar, DeMarcus Cousins would go on Golden State? Can you imagine the points he would put up? I think Golden State would win that series, but I don't think Golden State would come out of it very, uh, I, well, how would you say, confident. DeMarcus Cousins might go for 40 and 15 per game in that series. Now, would Sacramento win more, more games than we think? I think Sacramento would pull out one or two at a maximum, maybe, maybe only one. But I think in each of those games, Golden State's going to recognize that they're going to have a huge flaw down low and that I think DeMarcus Cousins is going to just absolutely annihilate them in the paint. Because Rondo's been playing pretty good basketball. He's not been playing amazing basketball. He hasn't been playing efficient basketball. But the guy has found ways to, to, to change his game for the betterment of the team to a degree. And he's getting to that point where he's turning into more of a team player like he was in his early days at Boston when he was a rookie. He's turning into that where he's kind of divvying it up to everyone else. Rudy Gay is playing well. That team can compete with a team like Golden State, and I think it would be more competitive than we think. Do I think Sacramento will win the series? No. But do I think that they would put some fear in Golden State heading down the road in the postseason? Oh, yeah. A lot more than a team like uh, like a young uh, Pelicans team did a year ago. And that's not to knock the Pelicans because Anthony Davis is outstanding. But 
I'm telling you, DeMarcus Cousins, as of right now, is probably the best big man in the NBA, and that would pose some serious threats for the Warriors going forward. Um, let's go into college basketball. I have the new fresh printing rating, ratings off on my desk right now. They're ready to go. Week 10 of the rankings came out about an hour ago, less than that, maybe about half an hour ago, and Kansas is still number one. Oklahoma still number two in the AP. Kansas, though, took over in the USA Today Coaches Bowl at number one. I told you, Andrew, that Oklahoma wasn't going to drop very far, and in fact, they didn't drop at all. Maryland, number three. Michigan State, number four. North Carolina, five. Villanova, six. Xavier, seven. Miami at number eight. Virginia dropped a lot. They were in the top four. They're now at number 13 after having a brutal weekend. We're going to recap that weekend here in just a moment. Uh, Xavier, seven. Miami, Florida, eight. Duke, nine. Duke jumped back into the top ten. SMU is undefeated, and they're at rank number ten. Now, if they keep playing the way they're playing at an undefeated clip, you better believe they're going to get back get into that top five here over the next month or so, especially playing in-conference play. West Virginia, Providence, Virginia, like I said, Kentucky has dropped to number 14. Uh, Texas A&M at 15, Iowa, Iowa State, Arizona, South Carolina, Pittsburgh, Louisville, Baylor, Butler, Purdue, and Gonzaga all round out the top 25. USC had, it was, was just behind them, uh, and uh, also Indiana made it in the coaches' poll at number 25. So uh, we, we have a couple of, couple of differences in these rankings, but overall, pretty similar to that. Let's recap NCAA basketball over the weekend real quick before we uh, let Andrew speak. Kansas won on on Saturday. There were no ranked games on Friday, but on Saturday, Kansas beat Texas Tech. That, again, why they're ranked number one is the reason. Oklahoma beating Kansas State, that's why they're still ranked number two. Maryland getting a squeaker over Wisconsin. Georgia Tech beating Virginia in an upset there as Virginia can't quite get the victory. That's why they've dropped out of the top ten. Uh, Georgia Tech winning 68-64 over Virginia in the ACC. Virginia one and two as of the, after this game in the ACC. Not a good look for them. North Carolina eight, uh, 84-73 over Syracuse. Arizona, this was game of the weekend in college basketball. Arizona getting upset by USC, but it was quadruple overtime. Now, this was not like the Oklahoma and Kansas game that happened last Monday a week ago. But this was, I mean, four overtimes. You can't, let, you can't joke about that. That's, that's legitimately 60 minutes of basketball. Like, that is, that is a lot of basketball for college basketball players. That's a lot of basketball being played right there. 103 to 101, USC got the victory. Talk about a marathon there at University of Southern California. Kentucky beating Alabama 77-61. Miami beating Florida State. Uh, Iowa, Iowa State actually getting upset by Baylor. Uh, Baylor uh, beating them, I think Iowa State's going through a little bit of a dry spell in the Big in the Big Twelve, and this is just going to show you how good and how deep the Big Twelve is. If Baylor's not even ranked, and they're beating a team like Iowa State, because Baylor was ranked before the season. Look at them now. I mean, they're unranked, but good lord. Uh, Duke, eighty-two to fifty-eight. Actually, Baylor dropped jumped back into the top ranking, like I just said. But before the rankings came out today, they weren't ranked. Uh, Texas A&M beat Tennessee, South Carolina, Connecticut, Pittsburgh, and LaSalle beat Dayton. Uh, 61-57 as Dayton was ranked 25th on Saturday. And then last night, or yesterday, I should say, Michigan State beat Penn State 92-65. Villanova and Butler was the only ranked game over the weekend, uh, combination-wise. Villanova got the victory 60-55 to over Butler in a Big East competition. Villanova is 4-0 in the Big East and 14-2 and in the world of college basketball. They're playing great. SMU still undefeated, like I said, 88-73 over US, UCF, undefeated in the American Conference, playing great basketball there. And Clemson 
Maybe this is things to come for tonight in the, in the national championship game in college football. But they get an upset over Louisville in the ACC, 66-62, a big-time victory there for Clemson. Does that mean they're going to be ranked? No. I think they're going to be an average team and get into the – they're going to get into the, uh, in the tournament, but I think they're going to be an average team and finish out the ACC and be a tough team in that tournament. But they got an upset over Louisville there, and then Illinois upset Purdue as well, 84-70. to Andrew, what was your take on the world of college basketball over the weekend? Oh, I, I I I told you that Oklahoma would be number two. <laughs> what I say? I, I I told you. Uh, I, I'm I'm actually pretty shocked Maryland hasn't jumped them and gone to two because Maryland right. is 15 of, and their one loss was in a top five ranked game. I, I was it against Kansas? I can't remember, but it was you know with wasn't against a bad team at all. It was against the top ten team in the country. Um. And a team that I'm surprised is still in the top 20, 25 is Purdue. I guess they're still 14-3, and three, but their losses have been pretty bad. Um, uh, I'm surprised Duke's not jumping higher. But uh, to mix a little bit of college basketball, i got to go in about five minutes, but to mix a little bit of college basketball and the NBA, did you by any chance hear what John Calipari said? I had no idea. What did he say? He, he there's reports coming out that he wants a hundred and twenty million dollars yes. guaranteed to return to the NBA and you know what? I think we're probably gonna give one million dollars. I think I think uh Markel Polkarov is gonna be an idiot because this guy's gonna flunk out in the NBA. Give him the hundred twenty million guaranteed, he'll get fired after year two, and Markel Polkarov is gonna have six years of paying him twenty million dollars left on his table. And it's going to be one of the funniest, most disgraceful things you'll ever see in the NBA um, because John Calipari is going to be a joke in the NBA, okay? I'm not on that bandwagon. I will be. I think that's one of the more ridiculous, ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. I agree with you. And I think, and I think honestly, with the way the Powerball has been going lately, did you hear about this, Andrew? It's not the $1.4 billion. $1 million. Yeah, I more than that, more than that, doc, more, more than that, Doctor Evil. But it's it's up to 1.4 billion. The Powerball is for for Wednesday. No one won over the weekend, and it's now pocket change wise. You would make over 800 million if you won the Powerball. So I think Coach Calipari has a better chance of winning the Powerball than he does going into the NBA and making 120 million. You, there's no way this guy is going to make 120 million dollars going into the NBA. You can't, as a coach, you got to be out of your mind if you're going to if, if you're going to be out of your mind if you're going to if you're going to pay a guy that much money to coach your basketball team. That's a joke. I mean, in college basketball, he's not even worth that much money. There's just no one worth that much money as a coach. There's not. It's not going to happen. So I think that being said, it's absolutely. Out of control. I want to get your preview real quick. Who do you have as players of the week in the NBA for you? I have Damian Lillard and Carmelo Anthony in the in the NBA. Who do you have? And then we'll get to this preview of college football real quick. I actually have Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, excuse me, and Carmelo Anthony. Uh, I'm with you. Um, I, I think Westbrook, just the name brand, obviously, is going to squeak it out. Yeah. Um, Damian Lillard's been been equal, if not better, but I do think Westbrook's going to take it home. 
It wouldn't shock me. Westbrook deserves a lot of reward, awards. He, we we kind of brush over the fact how good Russell Westbrook is as of late, but seriously, he's so good, and he gets so unrecognized to the point where it's like we're almost we almost laugh at some of the stats he puts up over the weekends because it's like, dude, he had 65 and a 67 on the whiteboard performance scale over the weekend, and we just laugh at it because he does this all the time and he never gets recognition. It's just it's sad, but, it, but you have to make fun of it at some point. NCAA championship game tonight, Alabama against Clemson in the national championship game. Alabama is favored by uh, quite a bit, actually. They're favored by, I would say, oh, man, what's, what, what are they favored by? What, seven? Is that, the, is that the line, seven points, Andrew? Either seven or nine. Either Nine would shock me. Honestly, even if it's nine, I think Alabama is going to do what they did to Notre Dame two years ago, three years ago. They're going to come out and they're going to lay the wood to Clemson a lot like they laid the wood to Michigan State. Look, do I think they're going to put up a 37 and 37 to nothing score? No. I think Alabama is going to play an unbelievable first quarter and I think Clemson's going to make a game of it in the in the in the second half and I think they're going to make adjustments where they can compete, but to be honest, this is the ACC we're talking about. This is not the SEC. This is the ACC Clemson's been undefeated in. And yes, they played some good teams like Notre Dame and a couple other teams off off ranking that they that they beat. But let's be honest, Alabama came out and thumped Michigan State, and now Nick Saban's going to have the potential to be one of the greatest head coaches ever in football history. If you put it at minus fourteen, I would still take Alabama. Alabama in a dominating game tonight. Who do you got? Uh, I, I think Clemson's going to pull this one out, and, and this is probably all bias here. Um, but I, I think you're going to see, and if Clemson doesn't pull it out, I really think it's going to be some crazy Alabama comeback. Um, you know, and, and the reason it would be all biased, the reason I don't want Alabama to win, is because their, you know, their recruiting classes haven't haven't been or it hasn't been as good this year. And I almost feel like people are forgetting about about Alabama. And, and of course, they're still a top five recruiting class, but just compared to how it was before, um, I hate Nick Saban. I hate when they get the recruits, especially now that we have Harbaugh, so we're going to be battling with them over here at Michigan. Um, yeah. I, I, I just Clemson. I, I, I don't think there's any way to really call this game because I think Clemson's one of the more underappreciated teams you I, I've ever seen because I think they're truly dominant. I mean, I think this is one of the better teams. Um, and Dabo is coaching that team uh, unlike he's ever coached any other team where they're not – they're not folding under the pressure. They're not Clemsoning, and, and he is leading this team, and they're going to go out and win the national championship and then come back next year and, and seven and five. And I will come and I will and I will say this: if they win the national championship, this will be one of the greatest national championship teams we've seen in some time, at least over the last maybe maybe decade. And, and the reason why I say that is, look. They have played some really, really good teams this year. Notre Dame, I'm telling you, Notre Dame. If they would have beat Clemson, they would they would have been in the, the, the college football playoff, and they would have they probably would have lost, but they would have made it. But this team in Alabama is so dominant and so good that if Clemson can find a way to come back and win, it just shows the resiliency of their undefeated season and how good they are. Andrew, I know you got to get back to work. Uh, have a good one, buddy. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk about this game tomorrow after 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 it ends. All right, everybody. peace. All right, everybody, Andrew's out of the building. There's only a couple of games in the world of basketball. There's no ranked games in the world of college basketball, obviously because of the national championship game in college football and college sports. So we got about three minutes to go in the show. I'll just, re- I'll just preview what's coming on in the NBA. Again, no ranked games in college basketball tonight, obviously, for the fact that the national championship game in football is being played. But there are three games 
in the world of the NBA if you're not a football fan. Uh, Spurs and Nets, obviously Lionel Holland is, is out, so the Spurs will test their road record as they could go to 11-6 and six tonight. They could go to 33-6 and six by the end of this one. The Nets, 10-27. and 27. I don't think the Nets even have a chance in this one. The Spurs are favored by 15. I think they win by 20. I think the Spurs get the victory there, take the Spurs in that one. Wizards and Bulls. Bulls are favored by seven and a half. Look, the Wizards have been playing off and on lately. Honestly, if I was a better, I wouldn't even touch this game because this is a very tough line, and Vegas made this brutally hard because the Wizards have been off and on all year. I'm going to take the Bulls in the seven and a half, but I'm telling you, I wouldn't be shocked if this was a seven-point, eight-point game at the end, but I think the Bulls get the victory, and it's going to be close. Warriors and Heat, uh, the champions of the, you know, the Heat won the NBA title three years ago. The Warriors won it last year. Um, you're looking at you're looking at two teams that really have kind of uh, molded this decade of the NBA, and the Warriors have been playing unbelievable as of late. Obviously, 35 and two, testing their home record at 17 and 0. They're favored by 13 and a half. I don't think they're going to win by 13 and a half. I would take heat, the Heat plus the 13 and a half. I think they're going to keep it closer than we think. The Warriors might have a little bit of an off night, but they're still going to get the victory. They're still going to win. They're going to go to 36 and two and have the best 38 game start in NBA history after tonight. So those are your three NBA games. Uh, Spurs games on at 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and the Wizards games on at 8 p.m. Eastern, and then the Heat Warriors is at 10.30 p.m. Eastern. So those are your games for the night. That's all we got here on the Hoopers Log. Episode 47 is in the books, and episode 48 will be tomorrow. And as I said earlier on the show, the halfway show of the NBA season will be on Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and all of our shows will be at 1 p.m. Eastern from here on out after that Friday show. Oh, and Friday shows after that Friday show will be at night at the for the end of January. And I'll get those all set up for you and situated as time goes forward. So that's your show for today. Again, episode 47 in the books. Monday, January 11th. Enjoy the basketball games if you're going to watch them. If not, go watch that national championship game. It's going to be a crazy one. Andrew and I will be here to break it down for you after that one. And we'll talk everything you want to about the national championship game. On top of, we'll talk about what to expect in the world of basketball for a crazy Tuesday, as Tuesday should be one of the more packed Tuesdays in NBA history. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Episode 48 tomorrow, same time, 10, uh, excuse me, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern here on CLNS Radio, through Blog Talk Radio, on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to the Apple Podcasts, thank you again for listening. I'm out of here in the FanDuel Studios. Peace, everybody. FanDuel is now legal to use in New York. Get it done. Go play. Get it done. Go play. Get it done. Woo!